Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. My guest for this episode is an author, spiritual director, and Enneagram coach. It's Katie Hasseltine. She will win you over with her wit and knowledge. You'll get to meet her right after this. Some of us are triggered by having to go to the big box store for maybe that small remodel or something you're doing around the house. I got a guy that can help you and you never have to walk back into brand X and talk to a million people before what finding what you need. Akel's Carpet One Floor and Home stores throughout Arkansas. The guys there and gals can help you with that project. And here's the deal. They will beat the big box store prices. Think about that just a moment. That's what lured you to the big box store, wasn't it? You saw that they had carpet or vinyl at $4.99 a foot or I forget how they measure it. Akel's Carpet One will beat it. I know because I'm a customer. I'm sitting in a room right now where it's got brand new carpet because Akel's Carpet One came out. I got the best price. My neighbors did the same thing. Several people bought the same carpet because of my persuasion and they're happy, satisfied customers to Akel's Carpet One Floor and Home as well. They've got carpet, luxury vinyl, hardwood tile, kitchen and bath. They're helping me with the project right now with some backsplash that is fabulous. And they're getting me a really good price. They'll do the same for you. Akelscarpetone.com. She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome. To the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I love to talk and I love to talk about things like Enneagram. In the early stages of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast, uh, my best friend was our expert. Well, now we have a real life expert. And you're more than just an Enneagram coach. You do like spiritual things with people, spiritual director, <laughs> and you have another fancy term. Oh, you're an author. So, yes. But let's talk about your love for the Enneagram. When, when, like, when were you first introduced to it? I was introduced to the Enneagram um, 17 years ago, if you can believe it. It was I a had, thing 17 years ago? It was a ago? thing 17 years ago. I had a one-year-old who did not sleep for the first 10 months of his life, and I had a three-year-old who stopped sleeping when the baby was born. Well. So I was on two hours of sleep. I was a disaster, and I was not okay. So I went to a a friend who's like a counselor, mentor, and I'm just telling her all my woes. And she said, oh, it's got to be so hard to be a one. And I said, a what? <laughs> and she said, well, you're it. obviously a one on the Enneagram. I and it. I had no idea what she was talking about, but she explained it to me. And I, I mean, I hadn't been sleeping, so it was normal, but I wept with relief that she had explained to me why things were so hard for me. I did not just that I, I needed it to go well and it wasn't going well. And for a year it hadn't gone well with that baby. <laughs> I thought, no wonder. So I started reading it. I had this group of friends. We all had small children. We would get together um, over wine and read each other chapters, like each type. Like and love just, letters. It's almost you were yes. wooing one another with yes. the type. <laughs> yes. And we were 
just saying, oh, I connect to this. I don't resonate with this, but this is clearly me. And oh my gosh. And then we kind of came up with these little phrases that we would see, say to each other when we would do something very type specific that wasn't helpful, you know, (laughs) and we would say, oh, there you are. There you are. Yeah. And it just, I, from there, I've just been learning. I've done conferences and workshops, and then I got trained a few years ago so I could coach people. That's awesome. Okay, someone listening right now, they just found this podcast <laughs> because they hashtagged Enneagram, and what does it all mean? So let's just, from the beginning, what what is the genesis of the Enneagram? I think it had spiritual, or I know the Christian community used it a lot, yes. and now I know the secular world does, but kind of tell yeah. me what you think the Enneagram or how you could explain it. This is the part I'm not qualified to do. And this is honestly the part that doesn't interest me. And people fight about this part. They fight about who started it, who was the originators. And if you Google history of the Enneagram, you would get better information than from me. But what I can tell you is that we're here. We're here because this is a free lesson from you. Exactly. So (laughs) what happened is, is it got into the hands of a lot of spiritual directors and people for the last hundred years who counsel people in their walks of um, faith. And and interestingly, the Enneagram was always meant to be an oral tradition. It wasn't meant to be learned through books or oh. through an app or through a podcast. <laughs> it was actually meant <laughs> to be funny. something you talked through with somebody and you said, here's who I am, here's what this is. And you would have someone leading you and guiding you. And so I, I think that's the genesis of it is people who were mentoring people and walking side by side with people were talking to them about their motivations, their, their pitfalls, where they got got stuck, what things they were frustrated by, and there were patterns to it. And that's really why the Enneagram is so useful, is it just shows you these nine patterns, these ways of seeing, these ways of understanding. And I think over time, there's been all kinds of people that have found connections. And I think there's real obvious connections to the Christian tradition. And it's it's a helpful tool. You know, I tell everyone, if you don't like it, I'm, it's fine. You do you. Like if this is a tool that helps you grow and as a person in your faith, use it. If you don't like it, it's not the end all be all of anything. But there is nothing nothing that has given me more compassion for myself, for other people. And I, I don't know how I would parent particularly without it. That's interesting. But wouldn't you say though, or I say this and I'm a novice, but it's not a personality profile. I say, no, it's more based on maybe what our fears are. And I might be oversimplifying that, but how it, Mm -hmm. is that anywhere close to a target? Yes. I love it. It's, um, And actually what's interesting is when I come across resources or books or um, an app that'll have you decide what you are, you know, try to identify you, I will get frustrated sometimes by characteristics that are assigned to each type as though that is supposed to tell you that. So if I'm a one, I'm supposed to be really good at gardening. Well, I'm terrible at it. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I've read so many books that say ones love to garden. I kill everything that moves like outside. And so there's no hope for me as a gardener. And so if that's a one, I'm in trouble. Or they'll say ones, you know, have meticulous cars. Their cars are never dirty. Well, my car is the one thing I let get dirty. So I don't like, um, I don't like attributes like that put to types. What it really is, is what you said. It's your motivations. It's your fears. It's your desires. Mm -hmm. It's what you love. It's what, um, 
that's really what defines a person. So you can be um, a one like me and be messy, but if your core fear is being wrong, (laughs) then you're a one. It doesn't matter how you act in the world. And you can be a seven. You can be a seven and not love to party, but if your core fear is... You are you want to avoid pain or boredom. You're a seven. Mm. It's just what it is. So Preach it doesn't matter system. how you act in the world. It's That's that good. core fear. Okay. okay. Well, let we we're about six minutes into this, and I think we can knock them all out within an it. hour because it is so complex. And first, yeah. let's talk about because all yeah. all the information we talk about with Katie today will be in the show notes. But what's your best go to app that you tell people so we can get that out of the way? Uh, for the Enneagram? Enneagram. I do, um, I actually, it's a website. I do your Enneagram coach and there is, that's your Enneagram and there's a free test in the top right hand corner. And the reason I like it, and I like the other ones that, um, the Riso Hudson test is the one everybody uses and there's apps for that. Ennea app is great. All those are great. But what I like about your Enneagram coach is that it starts general. So your first 30 so questions are you know, trying to narrow it down. And then by the end of the test, you don't know it, but they have put you up against your top couple. So now they're really trying to hone in. And so I like that test because I think it's a little bit, there's some better chances of accuracy towards the end. Okay. So what we all did, cause we'll talk about the types, hold up people. But what we all did when we took the Enneagram test, we all came back and told our friends, I'm a one, a three and a nine. Because we didn't understand what that meant. Or they'll say, I'm a one with a three wing. Not so fast. So let's explain that when you take the test the first 10 times, you'll have three that show up. But And they're trying to show you your proclivity, I would say, right? Or what you lean toward. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, Katie, did you look at it and decide that fits me the best? And that's how you knew you were one? Well, bless my heart. Ones have an inner critic yeah, that always. sits on our shoulder always, and, yeah. and bosses us around. I'm so sorry because I, know, I need I need worst. a critic because I can't I can't shut up. I need someone to tell me to shut up. See, yeah. you people never over talk. Oh, we're very we're very appropriate. I but know. I um, there wasn't a question in my mind. I read just a paragraph and just yeah. I just cried. You know, just oh, okay, I am this. Um, so it, it was easy for me, but it's not easy for everyone. And so what I tell people is go ahead and read the descriptions of your top three types. And the Enneagram wisdom says that when you start to feel super uncomfortable, when you start feeling found out and like you want to hide under the covers, like how did they know this about me? That is your type. That's your number. (laughs) If you read it and think, awesome, then you've kind of missed like you're, you're not really tapping into. <laughs> so do you think there's some pain in the revelation? Yes. Yes. I think there has to be a, a, some time for acceptance. Now, it's the, the mirror image yes. that kind of tells us who we are and it looks yes. at us and we're like, I've been hiding from you for all, you yes. know, yourself. Okay. They don't want to be found out. Now right. I will say okay. like threes and sevens and eights, which incidentally are all a type of, they're all a part of the same stance, which is called the assertive stance. They tend to like themselves right off the bat. They're like, this is awesome. 
I am awesome. I don't want to be anything else. My husband says all the time, he's an eight with a seven wing. He goes, God should have made us all this way. You know, like, that's right. what's, what's that's wrong right. with an eight with a seven wing? No. And then bless us ones, twos, and sixes who are all part of the dependence dance. We're all a mess. We're all like, I don't want to be a one or a mm-hmm. two or a six. We cry right. about it. And then the, the fours, fives, and nines are like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, does they it can't, matter? They're they can't all pull the withdrawers. They're like, mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know. Okay, well, yeah. let's start with, I mean, I, if you haven't already told who you are as a one, maybe it's because I, yes. I know my sister-in-law is a one. And funny <laughs> thing, my one sister-in-law and my and her brother, my husband, who's an eight, are working on a house we're building. And what he does is he plays the Huck Finn, or was it Tom Sawyer, who had everyone else yes. paint the fence? Uh-huh. He plays like, oh, I don't think that's perfect, knowing that the one, is she'll, she'll go, get out of the way. You are yeah. not doing this right. He's like, hallelujah, <laughs> because his seven wing, he wants to go have fun. But ones, so you people like perfection, don't you? We do. But there's two kinds of them because I, I, there's people will say to me, you're not a really good one in that <laughs> I've never used painter's tape when I paint. Like speaking of painting, I never oh. use painter's tape. I am not a perfectionist, but do you know what I am? I'm a, I'm a reformer. So there are two times kinds of ones, they say. The people that are really particular about how pictures are hung, how walls are painted, how your house is laid out, how, you know, it's that that neatness is what we associate with ones. But there's another kind that they sometimes call the reformer. And we really want to make the world the way it ought to be. And so we're going about the business of reforming relationships and people and things and structures. And we kind of got a heart for justice that looks a little different than an eight, but we still have it. Well, then you're a little more assertive than you were giving yourself credit for. Yes. Well, and by dependent stance, I mean that we ones, twos, and sixes are always looking or they're always paying attention to how other people feel right. and what they want and what Reading they the need. Room. And they the want to know what they're responsible for. Okay. And so, but if, yeah. but as a reformer for me, and I'm a one with the two wing, I'm working on uh, hanging out in my nine a little more. I need to detach a little more from people. Um, well, yeah, we need to discuss that because yeah. nines don't make decisions for me. They do not oh. stand up. <laughs> I need you people. I don't. I never know if this, the nines want the French fries or the sweet potato fries. You know, it's fine. They say oh. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine they until do. they until they blow their gasket. Right when they're being when they feel like they've been pushed too long and for too too many times. Right, and then they freak. So the ones, um, high justice. Yep. High justice. Really responsible, um, dependable. Um, well, you, you guys, I hate to say it, but you can be the Karens of the world, right? We can be the Karens of the yeah. world because we're very principled. <laughs> And what's right is right. And, and we're willing to sacrifice right. anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And a lot of ones are real serious and sober minded. Well, you're and not. I'm not. I was raised by a seven and oh. a six with a seven yeah. wing. Yay. Bless it. Yeah. I, I know. I'm so thankful because I can laugh and I did learn to laugh at myself early, but I, it's still funny. I'm still a one who's a one who's a one who's a one. I still just want to be right. I still don't want to be wrong. I still, and my right doesn't mean that I want to be right over you. My right is that I have got to be right by my own standards or I will be, I won't have integrity. So I get real obsessive about my own wow. integrity. Yeah. H- how just, do ones have fun? 
once go to their seven and they learn to be spontaneous Uh, and they learn to laugh. And so, you know, when I have one say in spiritual direction or even in Enneagram coaching, I'm always saying, you know, what makes you laugh? Find a sitcom. Stop watching documentaries. Stop watching dramas. Watch a sitcom. Dance. You might be terrible at it. That'll be funny. Um, (laughs) Do do something lighthearted. What's light? Be around children. I don't know. Whatever, like, gets you attached to your funny side, just anything, anything. How else do one score? Because I've heard sometimes typically a seven will also have a lot of two and a three or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what do ones typically share other Enneagram types with numbers? Well, interestingly, the eight is also very principled. They just do their own principles. So like, yes, yes. Yes. So I'm worried about what someone else tells me the principles are. (laughs) And an eight is worried about their own principles. But what we share is that we're principled and we want, and we fight for justice. It looks really different, but that justice core, the eights, nines, and ones are all very obsessed with justice. I I know. Um, (laughs) I mean, I know yeah. we've called my husband this uh, consumer safety product commissioner because yeah. he he told me today, I'm a grandmother. I've raised three children. I have two grandchildren. He told me he doesn't know if I can go to so-and-so's house to swim with the grandkids because it's over three feet and the granddaughter had, I was like, you know, I'm going to be there. And he went, well, that's what I'm afraid of, you know, because, yes. you know, yes. sevens might be a little, whoop. Yeah, that's chatty. Said, yeah, chatty. Thank you. But the eight, he always has to tell me how yeah. everything in our, I mean, from how you close the drawer to how you drive the car to mm-hmm. all the things. So Yeah. And it's all e- very protective. It's all very protective. Absolutely. There's that protective instinct Absolutely. in there. Yes. You yeah. have to learn to respect that as a spouse or a child mm-hmm. or probably even a parent. Mm-hmm. So that you don't, because sevens, we just, we really are here for the free Chick-fil-A. And yeah. whatever booze you have, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it's hard. Okay. So those are ones very principled, um, not always necessarily neat and tidy, but not always, but most are. Principled. I mean, my house is always picked up. It's just not always spotless. It's not always right. clean. Understand. Understand. Yeah. Okay. So the two, that's what your wing is, you're saying? Yes. And that's the helper. But tell me about how the helper is defined in the Enneagram. Well, I would say that twos define themselves by who they're with, who they're connected to. That matters to them the most. And um, they'll say about a two that twos spend 80% of their thoughts thinking about their relationships. Um, So relationships are paramount. And because what they really want is to be loved. (laughs) They just want to be loved and wanted. And so they do things for people. That's how they learned to get what they needed, which was love. And so they are very helpful. Um, So obviously there can be great positives to that. Um, Helpers, we love helpers. We love people who help. But the the dark side of that is that they can ingratiate themselves into people's lives. They can try to make themselves indispensable. They can be needy and it can be manipulative. It can be manipulative. So it's but but the twos generally are the people that you confide in. They are the they're the they're the warm huggers that people you just feel comfortable opening up to people you um, enjoy being around. I mean, they're I, I always say that churches wouldn't function without ones, twos, and sixes because they're all worried about other people all well, the time. It's the Marthas and the Marys. And, yes, know, yes, yes, all, yes. All the people that mm-hmm. kind of the mm-hmm. backbone of the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a question because you mentioned something about maybe the past of the two. So is it nurture or nature that defines 
our trajectory with the Enneagram? Is it who raised us or who birthed us? So typical Enneagram wisdom, this is, this is a consensus. It's not everybody. The consensus would say that you are born your type. And okay. you stay your type forever. But what they do say is that it, so it's a little bit of nurture and mostly nature, okay. <laughs> but your environment does kind of dictate then how you see the world and your type though, you know, they, they, they actually talk about the Enneagram as perhaps nine ways that people coped with the fall. And so mm-hmm. if you were a two, you coped with all of the, the hatred or the, the, people not being together as being someone that focused on love. Oh, and I was so, thinking you all took all the big, great fig, big fig leaves and sewed <laughs> skirts for the women and loincloths for the men. Cause you guys maybe. are twos, true twos. Yes, and I know that's yes. your wing, but they get things done. My, my mom friend with eight kids, she's a two. Yes. So yes. a lot of moms are twos. That's why I was wondering, is there, there was a maternal phase for me when I was yes. homeschooling my children Yes, and we had people over all the time. I had yes. dinner parties. I had people all the time. Yes. I, I had some kind of two showing because things had to get done around here. Yes. Because my eight was bossing everybody around. Yes. And I've talked to a lot of people who were born and raised in the church who are women, who are mothers, and almost there, there's a contingency of them that always test as a two, even though they're not a two. Because in some ways we've all been kind of trained to be a two if you're a Christian woman family family woman. Especially in the and South. So, Come on. Especially in the South, bless yeah. our hearts. So yeah, we we were all trained to be a two. And I will say about a two and an eight, um, twos are generally thought of as women. And so it is an interesting thing to be a, a male two and it yeah. does show up a little differently. Um, same for an eight. We think of eights as male and when you're a female eight, that that shows up a little differently. And there's some there's some definite gender issues with an eight and a two because of the stereotypes we put on an eight and a two. But do you know how much I love my eight friends who are girls, <laughs> women who yes. lead companies, who run for office, yes. who own studio? I mean, mm-hmm. I, because I'm attracted to that. Sevens yes. and I'm married to an eight. So I look at that. I love mm-hmm. that type of the personality, yes. but they've all said, do you know how hard it is? Yes. What we have to come against and what they think our husbands are. Yes. And both of the two women I'm thinking of, well, three of them, I was in a a mastermind group with four or five years ago, awesome women there. I have so much mad respect for them, but they say that there's a lot of stereotype fighting that they have to push back against and they love their husbands. Yes. You know, they're like, they're not wimps. They know how to put up up with me, but I need them. You know, all of them have said, I need my husband, that personality type. Yes. But eight eight women are considered to be aggressive. I won't use the word that they're often called, but (laughs) you you know what I'm thinking of. Right. Well, it was the whole Barbara Streisand thing. She said, if a man asks you to do something, he's respected. If a woman does, he's a bee. Yeah. Know, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and that that's always been the thinking, which is so yeah. wrong. Yes. It is so wrong. I love yeah. seeing these women who can lead and motivate and charge people yes. up. So I, I think it's yeah. a great characteristic. It doesn't intimidate yeah. me. It, yeah. It energizes me. Absolutely. And on the flip side, to see a, a nurturing, tender man, you can oh, imagine you can imagine if the women have felt different as an aggressive yeah. type, how different the men feel, because in our culture, that's that's and it's changing, but it's been it hasn't been valued or yeah, appreciated right. in the same way. So a male, too, it's definitely a thing. And, and he's the one who teaches 
his is probably a school teacher or a coach. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of him that he cares so much sure. and he wants help. And I love all those characteristics. Okay, so two, we know I said helper, but you had another term. They you're more relational. Yeah, yeah. Um there's different ways to say it, but helper's really great or needs to be needed or okay. you know, there's all kinds of ways to talk about it. And then the three, tell me about the three. Well, a, a three is just an achiever. <laughs> There's no other thing to say. What they what, what they really want is recognition and um, appreciation. Eights, eights are achievers, I bet. Oh, because they have the most energy. People say that eights have the most energy on the Enneagram. But the three focuses all of their energy on achieving, on succeeding, on being. And so what's interesting about a three is they can be a chameleon and they don't have necessarily one standard of achievement. It's whatever standard they've chosen to value. So it could be in business. It could be as a family, you know, as a creator of a family. Um, It could be how they look. It could be, it could be anything they've decided, but typically threes are people that are successful at work at home. They tend to work out a lot. <laughs> I I have a I think three men have a uniform, and um, I can kind of pick them out when I see them. And in business conferences, I'll be like three, 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 based on what they're wearing because they mm-hmm. all kind of look alike. But mm-hmm. that's really mm-hmm. unfair and a giant sweeping generalization. But oh, but this is fun. We're having it fun. It is. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah, if yeah. anyone gets offended, take your one self and. <laughs> Get rehabilitated. But the rest of us, we're just having fun here. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. all it is. It's just kind of, and part of the Enneagram is um, immediate judgment that you have on that number. Yes, yes. Be- because of the research we've done, that's why when I, when I start honing that somebody's a one, I kind of pull back because I know a little me goes a long way. I understand my mama told me. So, and I know one sometimes are going, whoa, whoa, you've broken too many unwritten rules, too many codes here. Yeah. And so, and I do that not as a judgment to them, yeah. but as to a, like the FBI has profilers. It's just a profiling yes. tactic yes. you have to understand that's not the best tactic for that person. So helpful. Well, and on the back end of my 40s, I'm, it, I am I hope that we can all grow a little softer around the edges and be a little less offended by most things. Girl. But I mean, <laughs> the world, it, it's the opposite. The world is going yeah. the other way. It is. It is. But I'm really working on going the Me other too. way. So I think with a three, the thing that I love about them is they do tend to be connectors and they tend to be people that can look around and see a lot about other people and they can synthesize a lot of people, um, which that's their gift. The bummer about that is that they really struggle to know themselves and they just perform, perform, perform. They want to be eights. My three friends all take it and go, are you sure I'm not an eight? Like, we'll go back over and I'll go, no, you're three. Because you know why? You have all those accolades on your wall. You know, they yeah. have all their awards on their wall. Yeah. Uh, they want to tell everybody. They want to get to the next thing. I go, that's yes. why you're three and not an eight. <laughs> and yeah. I may be, again, that may be well, incorrect, but it's always and funny. And they get their feelings hurt? Eights, not that eights don't get their feelings hurt. No, eights but don't threes, get their feelings hurt. <laughs> but threes get their feelings hurt. Okay. And that's why they want to be an eight. They want to achieve and they want to use all their energy for that and not get their feelings hurt. Because threes are in the um, feeling triad. But the hard part is, is they don't often know their own feelings. They use other feelings to get to succeed. (laughs) Right. But they struggle to find their own. 
And feelings are not helpful in helping them achieve. So they ignore them a lot. But I think that they still have them. And so that energy towards success and doing would feel so much better to them if they were considered an eight. What are the, what's in the feelings triad again? Twos, threes, and fours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've done a two, a three, achiever recognition. I mean, it's a real, well, I say this, maybe, I don't know if this is how it should be said. An unhealthy three really wants a recognition. A healthy three is satisfied with his or her own accomplishments and really doesn't need the big pat on the back unless yes. they want somebody to go, gotcha, did a great yes. job, yes. but they don't need the world to stop. Unhealthy threes need the world to stop. Yes. Yes. My uh, friend has a husband who's a three and she bought him one of those buttons that says like, you're amazing. And every time <laughs> she feels like he needs a little something that she I is too it. tired to give after raising I three boys, it. he just gets to press his little button. That made a it. lot of sense to me. I was like, that yes. is awesome. That is awesome. That's a great way to look at that. Okay. Fours. Oh, I have a four child uh, and um, yes. she's artistic and yes. contemplative and she wants to go be a organic farmer in yes. Colorado. And, uh-huh. and, you know, I go, okay. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're thought of as the individualist or the romantic. Yeah. Um, and they are, what they're so amazing at is seeing the beauty or seeing just, they don't, they're not black and white thinkers. And so many of us are. And so they're really good at non-binary thinking and that's their gift with their struggle. And they're creative, even if they're not, you know, it's too much to say that all fours paint or, (laughs) or are creative in that way, but they're creative thinkers and they're creative in how they approach relationships. And they're the dark side of a four is that they're, they can be really moody and they're very trapped by their own feelings. Feelings, um, and they can get lost in them. And it's almost like they can't move forward until they've processed their own feelings. But it's it can look really self-involved. Um, it's not. But it is, it can look that way. And so it's, it's, it's hard to be a four because you do always long for the beauty. That's how fours dealt with the fall. It's like, it's, it's messy and I'm just wanting to go back to Eden. I just want it all to be okay. My fours have a real longing for heaven. Like, just get me there. Oh, that's sweet. I just want to be somewhere where it's how it was supposed to be. It's a little different than a one, but we share that of that. You know, ones are very idealistic too, because we know how it, what we know what's right. But the fours, it's really about that beauty. And so I do, I do love fours for that. And if eights and twos are kind of identified a little along more on gender lines, the four is what they consider semi-androgynous. <laughs> it's not that if you're, you know, it's not that you can't be a girl or a boy and be a four, but it, you know, four girls don't, aren't always girly girls and four boys aren't necessarily boy boys. And so it's, they tend to just sort of be real because they're non-binary thinkers. They're just, they're not black or white, all or nothing, good or bad, up or down. They're just, they're capable of seeing the whole picture. Well, there, I'm telling you about my daughter who wants to move to the organic, and seriously, moving to Arizona or Montana, Mm -hmm. she can't decide because she's in Dallas. She goes, and she's a model working there. She has been for years. But she told me last week, I can't live in this concrete jungle. I make her sound like a valley girl. She's not our Kardashian. She's not. She's not inept. She has her own company. She's health coaching school. But 
now I understand. You're making me see that she truly is visual. She just got back from microbiome camp in the Redwoods. Oh, wow. Where she worked on her microbiome for four days and meditated out in the Redwoods. Like, yes. that is her dream. My dream yes. is to shop at a Nordstrom 24-7. And hers <laughs> is to live out in an orange field and count leaves. Because you want all the distraction. You like the lights, the people, the noise. Mm-hmm. She... Uh, most fours are withdrawers and they're really Mm -hmm. content in their own mind. I have Mm -hmm. a friend who is a four who I adore and I'll be talking to her and she'll say, wait, 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 go back, go back. I just got lost in my fantasy world. I just, I just had this whole picture of what I want to do and where I want to go. Or we watch a particular TV show. I won't, I I mean, I'll just out myself. We watch the bachelor and the bachelorette together and, and I want to fast forward all the commercials and she'll say, Oh no, I love the commercials because I just get to just process or replay things in my mind. She's very entertained in her own mind. Because they're so creative in their so own she, mind. They're they never bored. Elaborate fantasy worlds of who they're supposed to be, who they want to be, who what the world could be. But they don't do a lot about it. That's their struggle. Oh, is they they, pull they the dream a lot mm-hmm. about it. But unless they've got a real active three wing, force can struggle. If they have a five wing, oh, oh, it's trouble there. You're going to have so to drag them out of bed. how can we love them and get them to be, <laughs> maybe she's supposed to be an organic <laughs> farmer in Flagstaff, but... <laughs> As a parent, you know, I want, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, we're just having fun here, but I'm saying, how can we love our fours who are such butterflies? I know. Well, it (laughs) acceptance, it's just acceptance of who they are. And interestingly, and we haven't even gotten into it because we need to get through these numbers, but there's this whole idea of thinking, feeling, and doing that's attached to each type. And each type has one that they do automatically. And then one that kind of helps them do that one automatically. And a third one, they kind of devalue or repress. Okay. Okay. It's not there. So for a four, they're doing repressed. So they are um, feeling dominant and they use their thoughts to process their okay. feelings. I see and that. So Spiritual growth, spiritual transformation is typically thought of as when you bring up that repressed center. So really, it's an internal work for each person to to know what they're repressed in and really work on that. So anything that helps them encourage that. They'll say for a four, it's really good for you to have days of the week where you do specific jobs or chores because they need structure to get things done. And that's where for them, they go to the one in health or, you know, there's an integration point yes. at one for them. And that's yes. because they require some structure, some principles, some things. So it's giving fours bite-sized things to do because they, they hate the mundane. It's so and boring. Laundry is so boring. Right. Oh for them. yeah. I, I mean, she lived here, you know, for the first 18 <laughs> years of her life. I remember. Um, and also I can't overwhelm her because I'm an idea minute sevens. Yes. Uh, we have a lot of ideas oh. and a lot of enthusiasm with oh. ideas. And I'm yes. usually, I'm your mother, kid. I'm usually right. But anyway, yes. um, but if I give her too much, she'll kind of go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm still yeah. on the first one. Uh-huh. Still chewing she on that one. She had a lot one. of feelings about that one and she didn't process them yet. Right. So I'm hold like, up. sister, move on. We, you know, we have yeah. things to do, but that's it. She can't have too many things in one day. And it's, yes. and again, she's an adult on her own. I, but I still, as a parent, you'll see someday <clears throat> you want to walk side by side with them and you don't want to criticize, but sometimes you have to tell them that that bush is on fire, you know? Yes. And so it's a hard part, a hard point yes. really for a parent to get yes. on that tightrope and go, 
Okay. You, you do you. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. Mine are almost here. 18 and 20. It's <clears throat> painful. Are they this, both boys? These, yes, both boys. I hate to tell you, they're still stupid. <laughs> oh, until mm-hmm. they're 25. Their prefrontal mm-hmm. cortex uh-huh. hasn't even developed. My son just turned 26 last week, and we are enjoying <laughs> life with an adult. <laughs> Not that he lives here either, but when we talk to him. But it's the same thing. Yes. It's just yes. watching them going and remembering that God had a big net under us. Yes. And we forget because we yes. think we're the only masters with the puppet strings. Yes. That's God. Yes. He has a lot yes. to do with it. So you just oh, have yeah. to sit back. Sometimes my husband, you know, an eight will say, well, they need to be doing so-and-so. And I go, I wonder what our parents thought when we did thus and so at that age. And he's like, yes. yeah. Well, and I always say to people that my gift was not being raised in a really I, I was raised going to church twice a year, but I wasn't raised in a... CEO? In, Is that yeah, CEO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas yes, and yes, Easter yes. only? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um, so I really chose faith for myself at 17. But what that taught me as I'm raising these kids is that, oh, well, if I could muck about and do whatever and God found me, then he will oh, find yeah. my children. Right. And so I just, I, it's funny, I watch my my friends who were raised more in church four times a week. They're so much more anxious about their kids. Um, I, I think because they, it was just always a given and I just didn't have that. And so no. I just assume no. that my kids are going to kind of flail about until God calls them. Train home. up a child in the way you should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's what every parent is yeah. praying as they're dropping their yeah. kid off on a co- yeah. SCC college campus. Yes. You know. Uh, oh, bless. Yeah, yes. Take a big breath. Honey, LSU. We survived oh. LSU oh and my Arkansas gosh. and T- TCU. TCU is a little wow. more tame, but it's a little more tame in yeah, its approach. Okay. A little shorter okay. leash, but those other schools and they're all fine. I mean, yeah. And again, it's part of growing up too. Yeah. Yeah. We want them fine-ish. Fine-ish, <laughs> As long as right, they're fine-ish. Right, right, right. right. Okay. <laughs> so let's get on to the fives. Are, my, are those the researchers? Yes. They're, okay. they're kind of considered the observers. Okay. Or um, they're people that can stand back and be detached from the emotion or the for the intensity of a situation and they just can watch people. So they're like, people have used the um, example of Solomon when they brought to him the, you know, I forget, was it the child? Are you going to cut him in half? I'm always quoting scripture and not knowing where it is. It's a real bad habit as a spiritual director. Sometimes I get the wrong parts confused. So (laughs) I I get get you confused, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're, they're great at impartial. um, They're good mediators. They can kind of see, um, they stand back and they can take in. They tend to be people who either love to read, well, obsessively that listen to Well, that Daniel to Nebuchadnezzar, now I'm thinking of other examples to yeah. petition the king. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. The, the five, I'm, I'm sure I butchered that story. No, yes. no, 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 no. I just went to another one. So, But the five is the one who yes. can say, these are the facts. Yes. What you yeah. got. Okay. Yeah. And, and so they are, um, you know, they're consumer reports They're They mm-hmm. kind of know a lot about everything and they're mm-hmm. very, very interior. They're very interior. Their, their mental life is almost more real to them than actual life, which is the dark side of a five. So the dark yeah, side of a that. five is that they hoard their energy, their emotions, their words, 
um, to themselves because they're so afraid of running out of energy. If eights have the most energy on the Enneagram, the fives have the least. People talk about, if you think about a five, like an old iPhone that runs out of battery by 11 a.m., that's a five. They just go so quickly, and so they hoard they hoard their energy. They hoard their information because they just, and they just need a lot of time by themselves and to recharge. So they're so, introverts. Almost exclusively. Yeah. Are fours, I guess, as individualists, they would be introverts too. I think you can. Yeah. I think most fours are probably introverts, but if you're, you can fours with three wings or are probably a little okay. more social. Yeah. That's called an ambivert, meaning you swing both <laughs> yes. ways. Yes. You are, you're an introvert with extrovert tendencies or an extrovert yes. with introvert tendencies, just because my yes. kids took the Ames test in Dallas. It's like the yes. Johnson O'Connor. And that was de- defined to me because I clearly am a high extrovert. Yes. And my husband is probably an ambivert, but I have a couple of children who are a little of each. And as yeah. an extrovert, I can respect, I now I get it. I'm like, oh, I don't know what it means to want time alone, but you do you, you know, that's That's great. Yes. I need time alone at the end of the day or at the, as I start my day, because I'm mostly an extrovert, but people who want all day by themselves, I don't get that. Yeah. And I want all day with other people. Yes. I, like after the party, I ask now who can come over (laughs) and you know, my family's going, we're done. We're done. We're done. done. Okay. So the observer, the fives, are they kind of critical then? Are they judgy? Cynical might be a better better word. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's cynical um, because they, um, they just, they're in that five, six, seven triad of the thinkers. Okay. And, and they just, um, they don't trust things unless they know everything about it. And the way they understand the world is by knowing it and, and getting information about it. So researching. Yes. Yeah. They just want to know more. And the more they understand, the more they'll trust. But they they tend to be cynical and, and mistrusting of a lot. Well, some of us sevens, I feel like sometimes are big researchers. So do yes. we sometimes show a five? So, yes. Do we have a five tendency? You have a five arrow. Uh, your, oh. One of your arrows is to a five. And it's actually one way that grounds you as a seven. Because you've already mentioned it, that that just constant pinging of ideas that run off in 10 different directions. Mm-hmm. And growth for you, health for you is kind of flexing that five um arm where you can delve yes. and know a lot about one thing yes oh, or yes, a few yes, things yes yes yes, yeah. yes. so yes that's, that's a good sign okay. that's a good sign for a seven well we'll uh, we'll go i'll go ahead and full disclosure we're recording this a sunday afternoon at five o'clock which is typically not the lisa fisher podcast the uh, lisa fisher said podcast recording time but because mine from last week went belly up i called you from the road friday i pulled over in a parking lot <laughs> saw your number connected with you and i said i know this is going to sound crazy because that's yeah. a seven we'll just yes. i'm going to throw it up against a, the dart against the wall and if i hit a target grade. If I don't, I thought if I offended you or you're going, why are you calling me? You know, yeah. I left you a voice memo and just said, I'm in a pickle. And you were yeah. like, yeah, great. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, yeah, which is just practicing for me. It's a lot of practicing just God's presence and seeing, you know, the book I wrote is called all the things about God being in every moment of your life. That's and awesome. I just keep that's you awesome. Know, it's a practice for a one. It's a practice for a one. So it's a, when you called, that was an opportunity for me to flex my Good. seven spontaneity. And I said, sure. 
You absolutely did. You absolutely yeah. did. My daughter, uh, who's a six with a five wing, I think, after hearing this, um, always laughs at my calendar when she, I babysit her kids a lot and she'll yeah. go, can you watch them this day? And she'll look, she'll go, the things, she goes, do you take a break? I went, oh no. <laughs> and my impulsivity in come yes. on, let's go. That yes. for a six, five kind of rattles her. She's like, oh. she's not there yet emotionally. <laughs> no, no, so, because okay, six so, is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So do, let's do sixes. Yeah, let's jump into sixes. Yeah, sixes are um, the, they're often called the loyalist, and they are the they're the good and faithful soldiers. They're just the people that do like they're, they're great just, kids. They're easy to raise. Oh you know? yes, I mean they they're get just things so. Done. They're like a one, but a one is just it, ones are principled for themselves, and sixes are always about the greater good. The sixes see everything as a group. Um, which is their downfall because there can be groupthink and they can kind of be paralyzed to know what to do for themselves. They want someone in authority to tell them what to do. Right. Their struggle in life is always going to be to discern their own interior world and trust God's spirit in them. But it, but the good part about it is that they just see that, that they work towards the common good. Now, <laughs> Often they do that out of fear. So part of what's hard for a six is they're always 10 steps ahead in their mind at all the contingencies. What could go wrong? What do they need? I tease and say that a lot of sixes carry the giant purses because there will always be a snack, always water, always a Band-Aid, always a breath mint, always, you know. Never ill-prepared. Never. Never ill-prepared. They're just always ahead of you. So their diaper bags are just stellar. Their purses are stocked. If you need anything, go ask a six. Mm -hmm. And then they just, sixes will never run out of food because Mm -hmm. heavens, they just are always going to feed an army. And then their text, you'll have to tell me if this is true of your daughter. I have a six sister. And when I'm making plans with my six, it's, I'm real, okay, I'll meet you at 10. And then I get this long of a text back, you know, 20 lines of, okay, well, I'll meet you there because I'm going to do this first, this first, Mm -hmm. this first, this first. And she's just thinking Mm -hmm. it all through to Mm -hmm. make sure it's all going to go well. Well, the other thing my daughter does, I'll say, because I'm an idea person, the thing about sixes. So I express the idea why don't we do so-and-so? She'll go, mom, do you not think I've already thought of that? And I've played the entire scenario through and I'm like, (laughs) I go, once in a while, your mother has a zinger. I mean, give me the benefit of the doubt. Because she'll, what sixes do, they tend to worry about all the different options and they Uh have a hard time making a decision. Yes. You know, when she went to college, we said, if you get in um, the line there at the Bruff Commons and and you're going through and you've already gotten the fish sticks, if it's green beans and asparagus, get the green beans because the asparagus makes your pee stink. Okay, go on. Because otherwise she could sit there and go, I I can't decide. I know. I know. And so, again, that that journey to knowing yourself for a six is so important because that's where they're going to learn how to make decisions on their own and trust their own intuition. And here's what I do love about sixes is once they get that, they are just solid decision makers and they have good, they just have a good arrow. They know where to go. They know what to do and you can trust it. And they then become really good at trusting their intuition. If they can get over that hurdle of needing other people's counsel um, for everything they do, they can really become courageous decision makers. But I also think like with her stress as a mom who works some, her husband Mm -hmm. has crazy hours. Sometimes she'll say, I can't make a decision right now. Mm -hmm. And she'll just say, give me, give me just a minute. Knowing (laughs) that I know she's very capable, but under 
a lot of stress, which is a lot of activity, a lot mm-hmm. of coming and going. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just where they are as young married couple with small, two small children. Yeah. yeah. Um, having to juggle it, doesn't complain. But I can see sometimes it pushes her to the point where she gets back to the the part of the four or the six that makes us all crazy that she's yeah. like, I can't make the decision. Yeah. And I was like, but you were, and in my mind, I was thinking you were making decisions. Oh, you're under stress. And that's yeah. what stress affects us in our numbers yeah. in all sorts of ways. Absolutely. So the six loyalists and then the sevens, we are here for the fun. <laughs> and I have fun everywhere I go. I wake up deciding my first thought in the morning when my, cause my feet hit the floor. I don't drink caffeine. Yeah. I'm yeah. like this on uh-huh. Topo Chico drinking water. Love it. Is what, what fun are we going to have? You know, yeah. I'm a hundred years old and I'm still wanting to know what fun are we going to have? I'm never going to yes. retire. I'm mm-hmm. reinventing myself. I'm mm-hmm. in health coaching school. Sure. Um, I'm still a broadcaster. I'm still doing a podcast. I'm still the editor of a magazine, you know, like yeah. what else can I do? And it, well, we love having not- fun. You do not want to be bored either. I so don't want one to be way bored. to say it is you like to have fun. Another way to say it is you are deathly afraid of being bored. <laughs> Death. No. <laughs> deathly afraid. Deathly afraid. You're it's right. catastrophic. It's catastrophic, your fear of being bored. And being trapped in pain is that mm-hmm. fear of the seven. It's like it's almost like it's hard for sevens to get to what's painful because they're afraid if they even let themselves get a toehold, it Don't is going to wash mm-hmm. over them like a tsunami and they yeah. will drown in it. Yeah. And so that's where for a seven, like when I was talking about the thinking, feeling and doing sevens are feeling repressed. It's not that they don't feel it's that they choose to feel happy emotions, right. positive emotions. Right. Right. It's not that they're not feelers and they might feel sentimental and they might feel but they really struggle to let themselves feel sad, uh-huh. angry, ashamed. Uh-huh guilty it's that's also hard because it feels like it's like an undercurrent that will suck them to death but what's I love about uh, I have a neighbor who's a seven and we've traveled together and we always tease that every time we're on vacation she's already planning the next vacation because (laughs) the planning it and where am I going to go next and what am I going to do and we've learned with her too like we'll be on vacation and she'll start planning this next giant vacation that none of us can afford no one has the time for but she and she's just kind of learned to say just let me talk it out let me just let's just dream with me just dream with me I said it today to my husband I asked him about something. He goes, why are you thinking about that now? That's not till yeah. September. I said, I need something to daydream about. We yeah. were in the car and yes. he wasn't talking. So I yeah. needed something to daydream about. Yeah. He and you kind of want to say, let right. me just go. Because sevens have endless possibilities. The possibilities never end for a seven, which is, that's the great thing. Glass half full, the silver lining, all of that. That's a very seven mentality. And so sevens have to really be intentional about engaging the harder things in life and and learning how to show up to their own sadness and the sadness of people around them because it's so natural for you to to be okay and to be optimistic and that's the gift of the seven i mean we all need a seven um, my friend whose husband is a seven, she refers to him as the golden retriever because he's totally. just, just happy mm-hmm. just happy to Always just be there and mood, if right. you just pet him on the head a couple times he's like okay Okay, I'm going to go right. off and do my other little activity. It's all I Come need. back but, and pet me. So I was going back to the nurture and nature thing. So I was raised in a, a lot of uh, alcohol abuse, addiction, mother overdose, father, you know, stepfather overdoses, dad's an alcoholic, can't raise me. So part of me 
had mm-hmm. to wear a mask growing up because mm-hmm. if I thought if I made them laugh, they wouldn't drink. Mm-hmm. I now know as an adult, I am not responsible for anybody else's actions. Yes. But when you're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, all the way yeah. through. So there was that seven that was emerging yep. that I thought was keeping the family together. Mm-hmm. And then now as an adult, I've, so the nature, well, the nerd, I mean, both of it really, it was probably my DNA and being mm-hmm. around it. But then mm-hmm. after my mother overdosed and I had to live with mm-hmm. different people, my cousins. I did it with them too. I was like, if, yeah. the, if I felt it was tense, I just thought I would be cute and funny. Yes. And they one time said, this isn't the time. I went, oh, there's, there's sometimes a time where you can't be cute and funny. Got yeah. It, got it. Like I had to write it down. Got it. Yeah. Well, Suzanne Stabile has this whole theory about how when you were probably very young, what so why you're feeling repressed now and why you're thinking dominant and for you thinking is daydreaming. But um, why you're feeling repressed is that she would argue that when you were younger, you tried feeling it all and it just didn't get you anywhere. It got you nowhere and it made you feel terrible. And so you learned to shut that part of yourself down. And so it is actually intentional action to bring that part of you up because it it didn't work. And so you went with what worked, which was mostly being cute and fun. Now, you did get told occasionally it's not mm-hmm. working, mm-hmm. but you've gotten far mm-hmm. on being cute and fun. And that's why people do what they do. That's why people are, they keep staying in their compulsions of every type is that it does work for them mostly. And then for to most of us, 30s and 40s, it's all breaking down. None of it works. And we all have to figure out a new way. <laughs> uh, but you can get by with it. Sevens, too, probably want to know. We need to know about the movie before we watch it because we don't have a lot of time to waste. And no. if it's going to get dark or murky. No, no. Or if a child's going to be hurt or or no. abused, I'm out. Same, so. The same seven friend is still yelling about a movie we all saw on a girl's trip <laughs> six years ago that was a downer. What She's was still it? mad about it. You remember? Um, it was it was like um, I, I, oh shoot! I didn't What's see his it. name? What's his name? Richard Pattison's after his Twilight movies. Oh, it was like uh, one of his movies, and it was it was a stinker. See, it was terrible, yeah. and she was so mad about you it. You are dead to her. <laughs> I was. We were dead to her. She never got over it. It was. It's. She'll still bring it up. So it's that's really why, funny. even though the storylines are good, there's Apple TV has Servant. Have you seen it? No, I'm actually all about funny these days. So I'm not watching anything dark or hard. Mm, It's dark and hard. Yeah, no, it's dark and hard. So I can't go there, but sometimes I'll do kind of a breaking bad because my husband loves it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a part of it too. I have to breathe into a paper bag a minute and then go, okay, I'm back. (laughs) And I'm back. But you know, because I'm here, I always say if Ben Stiller was in it or Vince Vaughn, Oh, I love Vince Vaughn. I mean, I want Ben Stiller to paint, play me in my life. When they do the movie of my life, oh, I want I Ben Stiller that. to play me. So I love that. Yeah, I've already thought of all these things. Yeah, so many things that are broken that I can't fix that these days I just need, like, things that are fixed, are working, are redeemed. I just need good. I need feel good. I need happy. I need feel good. Because as a one, I just, there's so many things I can't fix. Well, and I, I will, I, I, this is not a criticism to you and your people, but ones carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. Oh yeah. I, I think it's my fault that it rained. It is. Your, I mean, it's, I was just saying that. <laughs> right. I, it's my fault. Everything's okay. my fault. Well, let's look at it this way. The pandemic almost killed sevens. 
And, oh. and I'm not being funny. My no, friends checked on me and just said, how you doing? I'd go, I need some humans over here. Stat. Yes. Yes. And, and yes. I need, that's when people did send me funny memes yes. or movies yes. or shows. Cause I needed some. Well, my goodness, we were it. on our front lawns in lawn chairs. We actually took chairs down to our neighbor's house and we did not miss a day of people Good. in the pandemic because I'm an extrovert. My seven is okay. a massive extrovert. Yeah. And we were all like, oh no, oh no. We are, we will yeah. stay far yeah. apart, but we yeah. will see each other yeah. every day. Cause this yeah. is not, and we just saw each other for like six months, but at no. least it was other that, people than but, our family. But that was it. I didn't blame myself, but I am so affected when yes. the, the political discourse upsets oh. me a lot. Oh, I can't do it. Makes my tummy tight. Uh-huh. Oh. I can't fix that. I can't. I'm just a disaster. Hate yeah, hate it. I'm Whereas a disaster. My eight husband wants to give everybody his opinion. Okay, so seven, oh, yeah. eights then rule oh, the world. Bless them. Oh, I mean, or they think they do. <laughs> what are they called? Yeah. What's their little moniker? Oh my Mossy? gosh. Oh no, Bossy. Sorry. I I know they are. Well, they're contrary. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. just they're mm-hmm. just contrary. Yeah. Um, it, and they love conflict. It. Yeah, proud, and of, proud it. of it. Yeah, and actually, like what you have to know about an eight is that debate for them is connection. It's not just a debate you, for you, them. You have no idea. This is growing up with a husband that's eight. My yeah. seventh son one time was sitting right where I'm sitting. I was cooking right over there. He was in tenth grade, and he goes, "Mom, do you ever think abortion's okay?" And I put the spoon down. I said, this is, this is what I said. I don't have yeah. time to argue about it now. You know what he said? I'm not arguing. This is how I learn. Yeah. And yeah. What, did he, what did he end up being? An engineer. Yes, absolutely. Because in engineering school, this is what they did all day. They have to discuss their yes. blah, 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 blah. He almost went to law yes. school because it's yes. that same thing. But to me, that's an attack. That's breaking down what I hold near and dear and sacred. Yes. Yes. And I blamed him for drinking at two in the afternoon, but I don't, yeah. I don't even have to drink anymore because he doesn't live here. But yeah, he, oh, they love to argue and debate. They love debate. love to argue and debate. And, and I think that's, and so they don't know their strength. They don't know that what they, how they talk can sometimes come out as commands instead of, you know, I, I have a, my two sons are, it's a, one's an eight and one's a nine. So interesting. Oh, they're, they're polar wait. opposites anyway. Does the eight have a nine wing or no, then I have an eight wing? The nine has a one wing. Okay. Oh, and sweet. The, the eight does have a nine wing. Okay. So they but can see something in each other then? They're, Not really. They're so, they're so different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my older one, who's the eight, who's also a firstborn, have mercy on all of our souls. <laughs> he, um, he just doesn't know how to say, hey, do you mind picking up the towel on our shared bathroom floor. It's more like, <laughs> you're an idiot. We drop a towel. Yeah. Why, why don't you do this? Right. It's, mm-hmm. And we tease and say that like, he has talked like a, an old man since he was born <laughs> loudly. And with a lot of authority, he kind of talks like this and he knows everything and everything he says, it doesn't matter if it's right. It sounds you're describing right. describing my husband. <laughs> yeah. A booming voice that yes. everybody knows that it's time. Everybody right. knows. So what eights are great at is defending the defenseless. Like that's mm-hmm. at their best is what they, what they can do is use that mighty force to protect and care for and rescue people who do not have that kind of energy. That's like them at their best. At their worst, they're, they're very um, cruel <laughs> overlords who uh, have to have everything their way. And I think that's where yeah. it gets tricky, but it, their, their fear is um, being betrayed 
and being vulnerable. And so for them, it's just such a fight to show up in, in these relationships and really let people know they love them and be loved because it's so vulnerable, which is why for eights, so many of them love little kids and dogs. <laughs> they Because they don't talk back or challenge. Yeah, they don't. They can, and, they, mm-hmm. and they also won't hurt them. And so like, you know, a dog won't hurt you. A dog won't betray you. A dog is never disloyal and nor are babies or small Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. And so I think for eights, it's just, it's work to show up and be in positions where they can be betrayed. And, and so for eights, like talk about needing a lot of information, eights and fives also have arrows to each other. And, um, an eight needs all the information out there, not because they want to know so much about it because you know, they don't just need to know to know. They need to know to trust. They need to know gotcha. to. Who's um, in their circle? Who's on their side? Who's Yes. Yes. And their circles are tend to be very, smaller. Very tight. Mm-hmm. Very tight. They That circle of trust. Do you remember Meet the Parents? One of my favorite episodes. I mean, one of my favorite parts is about the circle of trust. <laughs> yes. Do you understand? I mean, back yes. to Ben Stiller. He was such an eight. Yes, the dad oh, was such definitely. an eight. Yeah. So yes, it, that circle of trust is Who tight. Who says and small. we don't have a lie detector test here? I mean, you know, oh, <laughs> they have a BS meter like nobody else. I mean, truly, truly. my husband can read anybody. And he's anybody, right? Because they're 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 led by their guts. They're instinctual. Well, I'm I'm a I I get a little distracted and I like shiny things. So yes. I sometimes my picker. Yeah. Not long term because yes. I have the Holy Spirit, but I'm saying my picker, yes. prima facie, which is Latin for on the circles yeah. there, can uh-huh. be broken. <laughs> but my son at a very early age would be like, that's not a good person. And he was right. And he was right. Now, my six has a lot of that. She has a lot of discernment. Yeah. She's sensible. Yeah. Sixes are sensible. Absolutely. Sensible. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's the eights and then the nines. Let's just oh. all hold hands and sing Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. I know. I mean, they just want everyone to get along, don't they? They're such, they're so capable of seeing the connections. And so for them, if you want to talk about political unease, like they have been crawling out of their skin these last yeah. four years. Yeah. It has been yeah. a nightmare for them yeah. because they do know how everything goes together. They see yeah. the connectedness of things. And it's not so much, it's not as simple as just being a peacemaker or a peace faker. <laughs> it's, it's more that they, it's really that they see how it's all supposed to go. And they do have these serene, calm souls. So I have this, um, I had this loud, wild eight as a child and I would call my friend who has a nine for a kid and I would say, could you please give me him for the day? Like I've got to take my, my the ears need energy to rest. My challenge down. needs a rest. Yeah, I can yes. see that. And there was something about this friend that calmed the eight and nines tend to be people that calm you. You like being around them. They're easy, but you can also forget that they're there. You can just not even notice that they're there. Didn't you say your son though was an eight with a nine wing? Yes. So, so he, they, that, they show well, up a little bit more like giant protective bears versus like eights with a seven yes. are the ones that are yes. skydiving. Yes. Well, <laughs> also, I know a man in Arkansas who, a fabulous CEO, business leader, eight, 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 but has a nine wing. So it's hard for him to go in there sometimes and yes. like hire people. Yep. Even though he can lead them to great success. Yes. He sometimes has trouble because I feel like, okay, this is the judgy side of me about nines. They're not truthful. No, they're, 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 they, they only tell part of the truth what they think you want to hear. Yes. 
because they want to make sure they're in good graces with you. Is that a good assessment? Yes. So they're very aware of other people's needs or agendas. They're reading the room. They're reading the room too, because they are looking for peace and harmony. I guess we all are at some We all do it, but but it's really, but nines are, are brilliant at it. And, and the hard part for nines is, you know, they'll, they'll say that they really struggle to show up as their full selves to their own lives. And that's really their lifelong struggle is to show up and be who they are because they're always thinking like they can look around and say, you know what this, you know what this needs is someone to do A, B, C, or D, but they never think it means them. So like they can see the need, they can think that someone else should do it, but they never think, oh, that person is me. So that self-confidence is their Achilles heel. It's what they really struggle with. But if you just need a warm presence, if you want to sit around what feels like a fire, that's your nine. That's who you want to be around. Nines are lovely. They just tend to be lovely. And that's how you talk about them as lovely Peace because maker, they're soothing yeah, they're just mm-hmm. really easy to be around well katie you are a delight and <laughs> when i come to nashville to see my friend kk at tennessee neurofeedback uh we're all going to get together and she's an oh, eight please i'll take my seven and entertain everybody and you, you just tell us what we're doing right and wrong as a one and please. let's have fun oh thank you so much for making this work it's been so much fun you're great you're a pro how easy thank was that thank you Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.